Greetings. <laughs> you having a laugh? <laughs> I think he's having a laugh. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the History Emporium and Powers podcast. That is a mouthful. I really didn't think this through very well when I was creating the name. But hey-ho, there you go. I've actually had some really interesting feedback about my last episode, Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, All the conspiracy theories that people have been sending my way are actually really fascinating. So it's definitely a subject that I'm going to explore a little bit more. And um, yeah, I'll see if I can bring it to you at a later date. This week's episode, it's still me on my own. COVID-19 is being persistent and staying around for a little bit so we've got to all social distance and all that but as soon as that stops then I will be having powers on my show as well. So that brings us on nicely to this week's episode. Um, It's about the new town. Um, That may sound like a really strange concept but for someone who was born in a new town it's something that I've always wanted to explore. Um, New towns were put up after the war Um, There was a need for them after a heavy bombing of London and people had nowhere to go. So the idea of building a new town came about. Stevenage is one of eight new towns built within a 30 mile radius of London, which have been successful in helping to alleviate the problem of London's overcrowded conditions. In 1970, its population reached 66,000 and each year with the arrival of more young families, It is providing new life and new opportunities to a great many people. Like most towns, Stevenage too has its advantages and its disadvantages. But if the heart of a town lies in its people, then so must its future. In this episode, I'm mainly going to be concentrating on the first new town, Stevenage. Now, Stevenage has a personal connection to myself. I was born there. Um, I've spent a lot of time there and I still only live down the road. I like the shops and you don't have to cross the road to get to another shop. It's so lovely and clean here and you know, it's ideal for children. With the factory areas being so far away from the town. I have a car now, I have a very good job. We have very good facilities here for the children and everything else that we need. And the shopping centre's wonderful. I've got a lovely flat. I wouldn't part with that. We belong to the um, club, the Wickermans Club, and we go there Sunday evening. I know it's been the realisation of all my dreams. Ever from when I was married, this is the first house we've had, and it's absolutely wonderful. I think this is a marvellous place for bringing up children, particularly as the traffic free zone where we live. I can go from my house right down to the shops without crossing a main road, which is very safe for children. They can play without you worrying about them. Uh, they would never cross a main road, uh, especially for young mothers with young children. I think it's a marvellous place, and we seem to have practically everything we want here. No, I don't want to spend the rest of my days in Stevens. I want to retire when I'm about 65, a small cottage further out in the country. I wouldn't live out of Stevens because if you grow up in Stevens, you learn to like it. And if you look around, there is plenty to do in Stevens, even though people say there isn't, you know, because you've got the bows, you've got the medley, you've got, you've got everything to do if you really look for it. That was a selection of residents speaking again in 1971. Now, when I was being brought up uh, not that far from Stevenage, uh, the, the, the reputation had, had changed a lot 
from then. Um, the sort of the dream of the new town has kind of died. Um, so I'm going to take you from the beginning through the more unsavoury times to now where all the regeneration is being pumped back into Stevenage and due to its location to London is hitting a real boom at the moment. So what many people don't know about Stevenage is Stevenage was a small town, a small market town. It started life as a village and it's still there. It has just been swallowed up by the new construction of the new town that surrounds it now. In 1801, at the time of the first census, Stevenage was still a small, tiny market town with a population of a little over 1,400 people. That wasn't much bigger than it was in the Middle Ages. By 1901, it had grown to over 4,000. Meanwhile, amenities in the town had improved. From 1855, the streets of Stevenage were lit by gas. From 1887, Stevenage had had piped water supply. In 1834, national schools for boys and girls were opened in the town. Holy Trinity Church was built in 1862, and in 1894 Stevenage was granted an urban district council. London suffered great bomb damage during the war and something needed to be done to ease the housing pressure as bomb sites and slums were cleared. In 1946 Stevenage was chosen as the first site of the first new town, one of eight in the Greater London area. Each new town would provide housing for 60,000 people. On the whole, as you can imagine, this was not a popular decision with the local people of Stevenage. They were worried about loss of community identity, property and worsening traffic conditions. Arguments for the new town included providing more space and freedom for many of those living in overcrowded conditions in London. Despite the objections, the plans were approved. A master plan was drawn up placing housing to the east and the industry to the west. Six neighbourhoods were planned, which would consist of 10,000 homes each, with their own community centre, pub and shops. Stevenage would be the first town in the country to have a completely pedestrianised town centre, a radical idea at the time. The first residents moved into their homes in the Monkswood and Broom Barnes estates in 1952. Residents setting up home in the new town had to find work in Stevenage before they could be offered a house. Many workers in the building trade commuted from London to Stevenage every day. They worked long hours but could benefit from new housing that was available to them. The new town was not without its teething problems. Damp in the houses, shortage of material and plagues of ants and earwigs were just a few. Local facilities were slower in setting up for the new residents and they had to either make use of mobile shops or walk the mile or so to the old town... As the new town grew, there was more demand for services. Between 1955 and 1965, a new school opened almost every year. And in 1962, the Stevenage Bypass, the A1M, was built along the west side of the town to ease pressure on the dangerous Great North Road. In 1961, the Locorium Ballroom opened and hosted leading music acts such as The Who, The Rolling Stones, Tom Jones and Jimi Hendrix. In 1972, a purpose-built hospital for the new town finally opened, the Lister. And that's where I would eventually be born in August 1987. A new swimming pool opened and a leisure centre was built, which later included the Gordon Craig Theatre in 1974. 
With good communication links by road and rail and affordable housing, Stevenage became an attractive place for individuals to come and for new industries and businesses to start. By the 1980s, the work of Stevenage Development Corporation had been completed. Stevenage Borough Council took over the administration of the town. In the 1990s to the early 2000s, Stevenage had a bit of a reputation. It had not been maintained very well. The brutalist architecture of the new town had fallen out of fashion. The concrete buildings were crumbling and it just didn't look very nice. Despite its proximity to London, other local towns such as Hitchin, Letchworth and Nebworth were thriving more than Stevenage. Stevenage continued to develop over the years and as time went on, more money was now invested in Stevenage. The proximity to London was definitely in its favour. Next, almost 75 years after Stevenage was designated the UK's first new town, plans have been submitted for major redevelopment there. They include 1,800 homes along with shops, business spaces and a public park, all covering around 14 acres of land. It's part of a wider project which it's hoped will totally transform the town. Nicola Hazler is there for us tonight. Nicola. Well, it's quiet here now. The shops have closed. Everyone's gone home. And that's what Stevenage Borough Council want to change. They want to bring life back to this town in the evening. And so they're redesigning the whole town centre to transform it from the UK's first pedestrianised shopping precinct to a vibrant destination where you would want to work, live and socialise. It's been dubbed the largest regeneration in the east of England and has been the most talked about through the many years of planning. Today, Stevenage is buzzing with the sound of construction. You can see all around you here, there is building work going on. Uh, there is work to make the public parts of the town centre better with new paving, lighting, seating, and then creating the model that we'd imagined for the town centre where we'll have more bars and restaurants and cafes, flexible working spaces, gyms and leisure activities, and much better public transport interconnection. By the, you know, the end of the next five to six years, we're gonna see a complete transformation. This regeneration will cost a billion pounds, both public and private money, and take 20 years to complete. There'll be new homes, places to eat and green spaces, starting with the SG1 development built by MACE. What's it going to look like in a few years' time? Well, it's going to look very different from what you can see here today. Uh, the old police station, uh, which has been boarded up for several years, is going to be demolished. Um, we're going to be building some new apartments in the first phase. And alongside that, in that first phase, we're going to have a brand new public park as a new green gateway into the town. So it's about uh, greening the town up and making it feel better than it does now. it does feel very urban, doesn't it? It does, and a big part of our proposals is to actually bring green into the town. And this really is going to happen now then? We've submitted our planning application for the whole development. That planning application will be considered by the, the local planning authority this year. This building will be for co-working, a space to work from home in an office. This will be a gym and new homes. A review into our town centres showed that having just shops like here in Stevenage is an outdated model as more and more people shop online. And that's why the plan here is for mixed usage with homes, meeting places and leisure facilities. And here, where this car park is, a school. So if there are going to be many thousands of people living in the town centre, is there the infrastructure in place? There will be a new school here. There'll be a 
great public sector hub with all the public services in it, bringing them in from some very inefficient buildings that they're in six different buildings around the town centre at the moment, helping create that feel that we've got all of the public services in one building. It will make it a wonderful place to be. So what happens next? Well, the town square improvements are underway. The first multi-use development is underway. And so it's down to the local planning authority to make a decision on that major SG1 development by the summer. And I'm told if it gets the go-ahead, work could start straight away. Now, each phase will help to fund the next. So expect to see builders in this town centre for many years to come. Thanks, Nicola. That was a snippet from a local BBC Look East broadcast only three months ago. So, Stevenage has had a rocky road, but it looks like there's life in the old dog yet. Other new towns include Crawley, Hemel Hempstead, Harlow, Hatfield, Basildon, Bracknell and Milton Keynes. There are some really lovely housing developments now in Stevenage and uh, when I drive past I see lots of lots of building work going on and it looks like it's going to be a really nice place to live again one day. I have some really fond memories of Stevenage. I remember my dad driving me up to the gates of, of what now is the leisure park and it wasn't there and I remember him driving me up there saying look it's this is going to be like the biggest cinema and bowling and shops and, and 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 restaurants and clubs and and it was exciting and I, I remember having birthday parties there and I remember having good nights out there so yeah Stevenage gets a bit of a reputation but do you know what it's uh it's where I'm from and it will forever be on my passport so there's no getting away from it <laughs> So that was a, another mini episode of History Emporium and Powers podcast, although I'm pretty sure at the moment it should be called History Emporium Ollie on his Todd podcast. But hey ho, there you go. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If there's any topics that you, you want to speak to me about or you want me to, to, to explore, then I'm... I'm definitely happy to have that chat I love most things history and I will try and do my research and try and get them out there for you so just a quick note I'm still having quite a few problems with Spotify and Apple Podcasts so at the moment you can find me on Castbox um, just search the In History Emporium and Powers podcast you can also find me on Podbean which is History Emporium Powers Pod that's all one word and then you can find me on SoundCloud, and that's the History Emporium and Powers Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at History Emporium Powers Podcast. So search me, a variation of them. Um, there's links here, there and everywhere. So um, I will keep working on Apple and Spotify. It's something to do with an image size. It's really frustrating. It's really irritating. But for now... Uh, those are the platforms that you can listen to me on and I will catch you next week where I'm hoping to um, explore H.H. H. Holmes. Good day.
Bye-bye.